0: Okay, let's open our Bibles to Galatians chapter 6, and last week as we were going through the church covenant, there were four terms that we were looking at, worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrine, and uh, I was trying to get through all four, and then I realized we need to stop and we need to talk about discipline a little bit. Since we're already talking about discipline, we'll talk about doctrine a little bit, and we probably won't finish up this week, uh, maybe next week, or even the week after, which would work well if we start the split session on February 14th. But um, let's uh, pick it up with um, church discipline, and I want you to look with me at Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, so that we uh, can understand the purpose of church discipline and its its goal, and then uh, we'll go from there. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, let me pray. Then I'll read this verse to you and we'll talk about it. Father, thank you uh, for the opportunity uh, to meet tonight in a warm and dry place. Thank you for providing. Um, Ladies who are teaching our children, who are watching our children, bless them, give them favor with the children, and may these children be discipled um, effectively through the programs, the classes that they're a part of tonight. And I pray for us as we look at your word, as we consider what it says and how we implement it here at Elmira Baptist Church. I'm asking, Father, that you would lead the conversation, that your Holy Spirit would give us insight and wisdom into the, into the texts that we'll look at and into how we implement these measures. And Lord, I ask that you would protect our church. Protect us from those that would come to the church specifically to harm us. Protect us from pride, Lord, from false doctrine and from evil, we ask. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. I need a man who can count. Guillermo, can you count? Uh-huh. Would you visit these classes? I would, I'd be curious to know how many people are coming on Wednesday nights. So okay. if you'd just take a quick count and then let me know what that is and we'll... Um, I'd I like to have some numbers on these things. Okay, we're in Galatians chapter 6. I said I was going to read to you verse 1. Brethren, here's Galatians 6.1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself lest thou also be tempted. I'm starting at this verse when we talk about church discipline because the the end goal when we start this process of church discipline is for the sinner to repent and be restored to full fellowship with the church and to be reconciled to an offended member, yes, but more importantly to be reconciled to God. So when we, when we talk about church discipline, we're not trying to get rid of people. That's not the point. Okay, uh, we don't like this guy. How can we get him out? That's not the point of church discipline. The point is repentance, restoration, and reconciliation. So keep that in mind now as we go to Matthew chapter 18 and uh, consider the pattern that we see there in Matthew chapter 18. By the way, again, we're more seminar than lecture. So if you have a question... Or you have something you would like to add, please feel free to raise your hand. That's why I sent Guillermo out. (laughs) Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. I'm just teasing. If I tease you, it means I I love you. And if I don't tease you, it means I love you too. So Matthew chapter eighteen, verse fifteen. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault. We're also going to look, uh, well, we may. There's also uh, information about church discipline in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. Um, and we'll, we'll just see where this the, the conversation leads. But what, what did I say was the um, purpose of, of church, or the uh, goal, the end goal of church discipline? Restoration. restoration. Repentance. Restoration and reconciliation. So, verse 15 says, if somebody has offended you... And it doesn't say these words in there, so I am extrapolating, but this would also be if you see your brother in a a, a sin, a public sin, the first thing that we're instructed to do is for you to go to that brother directly. So just imagine it's just a one-on-one conversation, and you're going to bring to him your offense or if there's some public sin, you're going to bring that to him. And you're going to point that out to him. And if that brings, and, and what's the goal again? Restoration. restoration. Repentance, restoration, reconciliation. If he repents and there's restoration and there's reconciliation, then we don't need it to go any further, right? We don't need to tell the whole church what happened. We don't, I mean, that, that's the goal. If he won't hear you, if you come to him, you've got an offense or, or there's a public sin and he won't hear you, then, what is step number two according to verse 16? What's what step number two, Frankly, Bring it to the rest of the church. Not quite yet. We're going to take another step. Daniel? Bring a witness with you? Yeah, bring one or two more. So that there's two or three people, it says. And um, talk to him. Same thing. You're going to bring the offense or the, or the uh, public sin to his attention. And what's the goal again? Restoration, right? Repentance, restoration, and reconciliation. If he repents, if there's restoration at that point and reconciliation, that's great. And uh, that, that that the problem is, is dealt with, it's resolved, and we can move on. But if you won't listen to two or three members of the church who come to him, now we take it to the entire church. And what is the purpose of taking it to the entire church? Same thing. Yeah, we're still looking at repentance, restoration, and reconciliation. I want to emphasize this step. Several pastors and I were talking yesterday and one of the pastors is, is actually in the middle of this process right now. And he pointed out, notice verse 17, if he neglect to hear them, that's the two or three, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, there should be a final appeal to the member from the church that he can hear and respond to. So it's, it's step one, one-on-one, solved there, great. But if not, one with two or three, if it's solved there, great. If not, then one with the church. And if we can solve it there, then great. But if, if we can't, if he won't hear the church, if he won't hear the entire, uh, the, the body, that is, the church, then, the end of the verse 17, let him be unto thee as an heathen man, and uh, a publican so at that point when you uh, bring this to your brother's attention and uh, he's ignored you he's ignored two or three he's ignored the church then you say okay well then we're going to have to uh, take that last step and that is to treat him as a heathen man and as a publican and what that looks like for us as a church would be number one he'll be removed that person would be removed from the membership roles and then number two I'm going to ask you all as church members not to fellowship with him, not to have him over to your house, not to to treat him as a brother. Why? Or or until what point? Until there is repentance, restoration, and reconciliation. Any questions about that process? Because again, when we come to that as a church, and I say when, because... We're all sinners. When we come to that as a church, it's going to be a very traumatic experience, and it's not probably the best time for us to think carefully through this matter. Well, it will be. We will think through it again. Excuse me. But for some of us, it will be hard because of the emotions involved to think through it as clearly as we can tonight. So let's start with Peter's question or comment. Uh, I just want to make
1: a comment. You know, in my rebellious past, I've had a lot of issues having to come back together with people, reconciling, them. God put it on my heart. A while back, that verse, that says, For God so loved the world mm-hmm. that he gave his only son to reconcile the world to him. I think the world means people, but that told my heart that reconciliation is important
0: to God. It's it is. Reconciliation. Thank you, Peter. And let me follow up. Because reconciliation is important to God, reconciliation is important to Elmira Baptist Church. And we're not, we're not trying to cut people off. The goal is not to get rid of people. The goal is to be reconciled. Thank you. Guillermo, you had a question or oh, comment?
1: Um, um, I mean, it's just for clarity, right? Sure, yeah, let's, let's because talk. Because if Peter gives me a dirty look <laughs> on Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. And then he offended me. Right.
0: You know what I mean? Right, I do. So, so when you talk about scenes, can you... Yeah, I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. But before we go to your direct question, let me ask, a- answer a little indirectly. Let's imagine. Let's imagine that I, I'm not the pastor. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm not the pastor. And I come to you and I say, you know what? I'm really bothered because Marcos never says hi to me. <laughs> no, I'm actually giving you a scenario. Somebody's come to me, not here at Elmira. At, at Westgate Baptist Church when I was there, I had a person come to me. So-and-so doesn't say hi to me. <laughs> okay. I mean, what do you want me to do? Um, uh, <laughs> I, 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 Anyway you know what, I would not go with you to confront Peter because he gave you a dirty look, right? I would try to help you, Guillermo, mature in your faith, Amen. see? And I think that's an important part of this process because he doesn't bring it directly to the church. First, he brings it to a brother or two, sister or two if you're a lady, and maybe there's some counsel that Guillermo needs. It's not Peter's problem. Does that make sense to everyone? So that's an important part of that step. He did, oh yes, Matt.
1: Kind of a statement
0: and then a question. Sure. I still haven't answered his question, so I was hoping it was about his. Okay, hold on to your thought. Write it down. Okay. Um, So are there, is is this all sins or is this only certain sins? Well, let's go to 1 Corinthians 5 now and see a list of sins that are mentioned there where we need to take action as a church because Guillermo's right. You know, if a fella um, leaves the parking lot Tonight and just peels out and fishtails down the road for 50 yards. Is that a matter of church discipline? Probably not. Now, somebody ought to talk to him. Number one, we ought to tell him that's a terrible testimony to our neighbors and it's a danger to our own children, okay? So I'm not saying we don't confront that, but we're probably not going to bring that to the church and say that man has to be expelled, right? Unless he repents. Um, there is a list of things here, though, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, um, verse 11. And you can read the whole chapter for context, but the list is in verse 11. But now I have written unto you, not to keep company, if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, so there's fornication, or covetous, uh, or an idolater, or a railer. Um, A railer simply means someone who is abusive, either in his speech, abusive speech, or abusive in his conduct, uh, literally beating people up. Um, A railer or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such a one, know not to eat. So any of those six, we would immediately say, this is, this is actionable, right? After that, I think there's room to seek counsel and wisdom and try to understand uh, exactly where people are at and whether it's something that's actionable or not. The, the, without saying too much, the pastor that uh, brought this to our attention yesterday, he's dealing with an issue of fornication. It's, it's a clear one. I, we don't have much room. There's not wiggle room there. So, um, does that answer your question, Guillermo? Those are the, those are the sins we're like, th- these are we're dealing with. The, so, here's my question for you, and you can come back next week with your answer. Uh, what level of covetousness do we deal with? Because I don't know about you, I struggle with covetousness.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, there are times I look and say, oh, that's bad. Right? So, you know. Did you write that down, Guillermo? Because next week I'm going to ask you. Okay. Matt, you had a question and or a statement and then a question.
1: Well, I guess the statement is um, this is very serious stuff. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. right.
1: And, and I think as a whole, maybe the church, we don't really know how. To, unless you've been through it, you really don't know what it looks like. Right. So obviously if you have a, a problem with somebody, you go to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you... You know, you have to take somebody with you, so you'd want to uh-huh. go to the leadership of the church. Uh-huh. Or Great. a strong brother or something. Yes. Sister, go to them, and then if that doesn't work, how do you bring it to the church? I mean, it's like...
0: Right. Right. So let's start, let's keep it real simple first and deal with these issues in verse 11. We've got a fornicator or a covetous person or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner. And we know this. You, you, it's not, I think he might be drinking again. Okay. That, that's not it. It's, he was, at, you know, I was at Walmart and he stumbled out the door and fell on his face and uh, you could smell his breath from five feet away. I know he's struggling with drunken. Okay. Let's imagine it's uh, that type of issue. Yeah. The first thing you're going to do, Matt, is you're going to approach your brother and you're going to say, Hey, when he's sober, right? Say I was at Walmart yesterday, two days ago, whenever you were. And, Here's your, your problem. You came stumbling out of there drunk, and it's a terrible testimony. And he says, you're right, brother. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Well, you don't, it, I don't need to forgive you. God needs to forgive you, right? So you're going to point him back to God to be reconciled to him. And if that's if the, boy, if he seems genuinely repentant and you don't see another instance of it, then I think you might just let me know just so that I don't get blindsided. Someone else brings it to me, and then I think we're done. Right, Because we, the whole point is repentance, restoration, and reconciliation. But let's say you see him a second time after he's been so, oh, I'm so sorry. I, th- I think, yeah, you have to, that time, don't go to him one-on-one. You've already done that. And now it's happened a second time. So you're going to go grab Guillermo, because he's a deacon. Jesse is one of our deacons, AJ. Um, um, uh, other current deacon is Rick. Uh, Marfil, you're going to grab one of these guys, maybe two of them. Uh, definitely let me know, too, that you're going to approach him. Maybe I'll go with you. Maybe I won't, depending on the circumstances. You're going to approach him again. Again, if, if it seems to, that he's genuinely repentant, then we can leave it there. But let's imagine then Guillermo sees him this time, right? And this is three times in a row. We keep sending people to him. He keeps saying he's repentant, but he's not. So now we're going to approach him as a church. And then I would definitely, uh, under all circumstances, I would be involved. And I'd say, so-and-so saw you on this day, and so-and-so saw you on that day, and this is what we're observing, and you keep saying you're sorry, but nothing's changing, right? Make an appeal. Now, let them hear the church. Maybe that solves it. It doesn't solve it. So then the next time we have a church meeting, churchwide meeting, where the members are, are taking motions one of the deacons most likely but someone would make a motion that we expel so and so from membership and we have no fellowship with him until he repents and that's why it's traumatic because he's a he's a family member and now you've said he's no longer part of the family now whether whether he's a christian or not god only knows our hearts right but we have to treat him like he's a heathen man and a publican does that answer your question it
1: does yeah, I mean, you have to just have to be very clear, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's been approached at least three times, yeah. seriously, and probably more than that, obviously, but at least three documented times. Yeah. Peter, question or comment? I
1: have a, a question. Um, am I right in understanding the Bible says cover one another's nakedness? Doesn't that mean their sin? Hmm. So how does that apply to this? When we see someone that's doing something wrong, we're supposed to, of course, not talk about it, but cover that sin for them as well. How does that apply when we bring it to the church? I'm not, I'm very reluctant to do that.
0: (laughs) Sure. Let me give you this verse, Proverbs 17.9. Did you notice that in your reading on January 17th? Proverbs 17.9. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth the matter Separated very friends. Remember, there's uh, parallelism in many of these Proverbs. So the first one is the guy who is not talking about it with everyone else. He's covering the transgression because he loves, genuinely loves. The other man's talking about it with everyone. He's repeating the matter, telling other people about it, and he's going to end up driving a wedge between friends. But Peter... Please understand, and let's all understand, that we, if we truly love someone who is committing one of these six sins that I mentioned, or other serious sins, we must confront them rather than let them go on in their destructive behavior. And again, it's not everybody in the community, right? Are there fornicators? Yeah, I, I suppose. I'm not going to go track them all down. I'm only, I shouldn't say only, primarily, I'm primarily concerned about us as members of Elmira Baptist Church. In fact, we may even have a drunkard come on a Sunday morning. I have good reason to believe that in the last couple of months we had a guy who was out drinking at a bar on Saturday night and he showed up on Sunday morning. Not a member, not a member. But he showed up Sunday morning. I'm not going to kick him out. He needs to be here. He needs the power of the gospel to change his life. So we're not talking about everyone who comes and sits with us on Sunday morning. We're talking about church members, which is one of the reasons we're having this, this, this Wednesday night class I want you to realize that by saying, hey, I would like to be a member of Elmira Baptist Church, you're also putting yourself, uh, you're submitting yourself to the oversight of the church. And you can't just say, well, I mean, everybody's a sinner. Yeah, everybody is a sinner. (laughs) But there's some matters that as a church we're called to deal with. So to answer your question, Peter, I think when we true, not I think, the Bible teaches us when we truly love our brother, if he's caught in one of these sins, that it's loving to confront him, and then it's loving to get a brother or two to go with me to confront him, and then if that doesn't change him, it's loving to bring that to the church so they can confront him. Um, let me tell you a good story. There, there was a. Go ahead, because my story can wait. Is there
1: a, a place in which, when you come, when this happens, that that the church has a responsibility to help that person? Through those troubles, like
0: through the, you know, yes. alcoholism, yes. And all these, you know, at, at what point do you
1: break, 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 break and say, well, we're
0: not helping you anymore? Like that? That's an excellent question, Cindy. Thank you. Yeah, and you're right. Let me emphasize, if you go to someone because they have one of these sins, I expect you to reach out to help them. If you are not comfortable or competent to help someone, then please bring it to me right away so that we can't help them. Because the goal is always repentance, restoration, and reconciliation. From step one to step four, as I see it, four steps, step four. And and then beyond, it's always repentance, um, restoration, and reconciliation. That's always the goal. So if you cannot help this person with their drunkenness or with another sin that was listed here, Don't just say, well, I I just get to confront them. No, you find someone who can help them because we do want to help from the beginning. We don't cut them off until that fourth step where they've refused to listen to the brother who came to them. They've refused to listen to the two or three that have come to them. They've refused to listen to the church. And now we've taken that final step. But if they were to repent and be restored to the church, then yeah, we'd immediately begin to try to help them again. So let me give you a good story. Actually, I'll give you two stories. I've seen from within a church. I was part of the leadership, so I saw it up close, although I wasn't the people that confronted. We had a fellow leave his wife, and he took up living with a woman who was not his wife. Not, again, not Elmira. And uh, so guess what we did? The pastor went with one of the men. I won't give too many details, although it's, it is sort of a cute story. But anyway, one of the men, they knocked on his, on the girlfriend's door, right? They said, you, to the man, you have to return to your family. Yeah, I mean, are, You don't have any other choice, right? Now, someone had already confronted him one-on-one. I, I left out that. Now, now the pastor and this man are confronting him, two of them going together. You're going to return. And, and guess what he did? He packed up his stuff, and he left that night and returned to his wife. And that was it. We didn't talk about it as a church. We didn't have a vote on whether to keep... But why? Because at step number two, he listened to those two men... And he left his sin behind and he started to do his right. Now, obviously, he needs help and his wife needs help, right? That didn't solve the problem. Okay, woo, done. So there were some people that walked beside them. And then about 10 or 15 years later, I don't remember the exact chronology, but I was traveling as a missionary. And they had moved away from that that geographic location to another geographic location for the husband's job. And I met the husband and the wife. And I met their two sons at the time. Their two sons were going to a Bible college. Isn't God good? So Cindy's right. We're helping people along the way. And even after there's restoration, they probably still need ongoing help. That's great. Then we had another issue where a, 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 a wife left her husband. Same confrontation. Same bringing it to the church. But at each step of the way, she said, I am not returning to my husband. I'm not going back. And so at some point, and I was there for that meeting... So-and-so has left her husband. She's living with another man. We sent this guy, or this lady. She said no. We sent these men. She said no. We brought it to you. She said no. So she was no longer a member of that church. And I haven't talked to her since. Now, maybe there's been some change. I don't know. But um, there may become a point where if a person continually... What does the Bible say? He that hardeneth... Thank you. He that often being reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be cut off and that without remedy. Um, so the other pastor that I met with yesterday said, told this story. Uh, true story. He was there. I'm part of this. Uh, had a lady, um, a young lady who was unmarried take up living with her boyfriend and he went by and knocked on her door with another man and said, uh, you know, I want to talk to so and so. They said she's not there. She was, but she wasn't there. And just a lot of details. Long story short, she ended up being shot and killed. See, because God takes very seriously these things. And you can ignore me, and you can ignore the Elmira Baptist Church, but God's judgments are real. And that's where the fear of the Lord comes in. So just a couple of different incidents that have happened. But yeah, the goal is always um, uh, repentance, restoration, and reconciliation. And along with that, is that help that they need, that support that they need. We're not, we're not like one of these, we're not a church where we say, hey, you go figure out your problem, when you solve it, you come back. No, we want to walk beside you in solving your problems. So if you have one of these problems, don't wait until we find out. Tonight, go to a mature Christian and say, hey, this is me, i got to solve this. <laughs> and we will we will, we will help you solve it. But you have to have a spirit that is repentant, Recognizes that what you're doing is sin, and recognizes that you need God's grace to make it just a complete change. Jesse? I want
1: to say something about step number one. Um, yeah. I, I rarely see things get to step three.
0: Right.
1: Right. Um, what I often have seen is that we don't follow the, the Bible process mm. correctly, and Instead, because I'm too scared to go confront the person or because I want to crush it under the rug, I go talk to 15 other people about it. And that's not the process. That's very, very destructive.
0: Very destructive, yes. And that's much more often what happens,
1: and and what that leads to is church split, generally, is what that leads to. Yeah. And it's because we didn't follow God's process. Right. So one thing I would add, maybe, is that if you don't feel like you can confront the person... um, Add, add one other person to it, maybe. I, I, I know this feels like it's a, a 1A, maybe, or something. I don't know. But, I mean, I think still, right? Don't, don't, don't tell much people. Uh-huh. God's going to take your wife, take your, your huh. And, and, and go to them in love. Uh-huh. It, it, as Peter said, in, the, in, a, in a spirit of, of restoration, love covered, covered multiple yep. sins, and try to, to love them through it, and, 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 and seek restoration. But... Um, that that first step is key. I think so often the process goes awry mm-hmm. before it
0: ever gets to the first step. Yeah. Let me emphasize what Jesse said. You know there's a problem, but you don't feel like you can deal with it. Take one of these deacons or their wives, if it's a lady, and and deal do, deal with it. We have to, because Jesse's right. Gossip is. Destructive. He that repeateth the matter, what does he do? He separateth friends. And that's the church split he's talking about. Somebody takes this side because we he wasn't treated right, and somebody takes this side because we're going to be righteous. And all that ends up happening is we we diminish our ability to accomplish God's will for Elmira Baptist Church. And uh 1 Corinthians 5, let me remind us, I've I've said several times that the end goal of church discipline is repentance, restoration, and reconciliation. But the purpose of church discipline is to protect the purity of the church because God cannot bless a church where we are harboring evil. Any more than God can bless me when I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord says he won't hear me. Um, Okay, thank you, Jesse. Yeah, and yeah. Thank you, Jesse. Don't don't go tell five five or six people, hey, I've got this problem, what do I do? Go directly to one of the deacons and say, I know this person has this problem, here's the documents, here's here's what I saw, or what what have you, and have that deacon help you get to step number one. And then the deacon will get it to step number two or to the church, as need be. Um, But don't talk to... Don't say, well, I'm trying to get advice. Don't try to get advice. Go to, right to one of the deacons and their wives if you're a lady. Go to the deacon and his wife if you're a lady. And, and just start right there. And if the deacon can't handle it, come to me and I'll beat the deacon up, right? <laughs> what are you doing? This is why we've chosen you to represent our church as leaders. Um, no, not seriously. But uh, do. Don't, don't, don't talk about it. Gossip is so destructive. And don't ask 15 people to pray for it, right? That, that's another form of gossip sometimes, <laughs> Uh, just, just deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesse. I can't, I can't agree heartily enough. Cindy. Sometimes you just need to go to a deacon and right Just for your own... If, if, if they may tell you what you uh, look at yourself. They're
1: <laughs> helping <laughs> you type
0: of thing. They may help you work through it. Right. That, that there is no... Working, no right. Right. So Cindy's right. If you need counsel, is this really an offense that I need to bring to the church or not? I don't know how to deal with it. You can go to the deacon. If you're a lady, you can go to the deacon and his wife and find out, oh, 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 I see. It's really a problem. It's the moats in my eye. You, you can do that, Cindy says, And you're right. She's right. So, yeah, if you're not sure what to do with a with a sin that you um, are concerned is, is is harming the church, is one of these actionable offenses. Again, we're not talking about people don't say hi to you or... You know, so-and-so burnt their lasagna and brought it to your house or something. We're not talking about that type of offense. We're talking about an actionable offense. You're not even sure. Go right to the deacon. If you're a lady, go right to the deacon's wife and say, hey, I've got this issue. What do you think I should do? And let them help you walk through it. And, you know, the deacons know they have my ear. You have, you could bring it to me too. Yes, you can bring it to me. I'm not saying you cannot bring it to me. I'm just saying bring it to one of, the, uh, of us so that we can help you um, get through it.
1: Master, do you have any reference in scripture I mean, uh, one of the things that I, cons- I will be concerned with is mm-hmm. my my set of, spiritual state right now. You know, mm-hmm. before I go and talk to someone, you right. know, It says it
0: in love, right? Right. Well, what does Galatians six one say? Ye that are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, right. considering thyself lest thou also be tempted.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah, there's there's a, there's actually several. Um, aspects of our own character that we're to examine before we confront a brother.
1: That's terrible. I mean, it, it will hurt me to learn that there's some. It's
0: traumatic. It is. It's traumatic. And, and uh, you
1: still love them out of
0: love. Right. Right. L- let me say again, it is not loving to sweep somebody's sin under the rug. Right. Okay. Let Let me ask you a question. Here's Ellie. I'm going to pick on Ellie Bongard for a let Let's imagine you saw Ellie Bongard out there with a hunting knife. Would you say, I better not look. I don't want to see what happens. I would hope if you don't have enough sense to confront Ellie and take the hunting knife away from her, you get Matt or you get Sarah and you get the hunting knife out of her hands. She ought not to have a hunting knife, right? In the same way, if I see my brother or sister in sin, even a minor sin, as a pastor, it's a little different, but even a minor sin, I want to help them overcome that. I don't want to say, well, I I don't see that, right? That's not love. That's not love. Steve, you had something.
1: Well, I was just going to mention that, that a lot of times our human capacity to understand where God's going is limited. Mm-hmm. So we say in our mind, as human beings, we want to love people. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we substitute our thinking for what God's thinking is, and we use one of His words, which is love, yeah. and we pervert it to the point where we think we're helping somebody because we love them, and what we're really doing is we're we're telling God, you don't know what I know. Mm-hmm. I know more than you do. And God says, in the end, you're going to have danger in your church. Yep. Well, our churches today are now are very lukewarm. Uh-huh. They're very deluded because they've allowed pastors who are divorced of uh-huh. wives, the secretary, to still preach. They, they've allowed all this stuff to go on in the last 40 or 50 years. And this is why we, we don't have churches that are strong enough. Right. They're powerless. Yep. 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 Yep.
0: Thank you. Yes, Alex.
1: Okay. That
0: took place. Um, Is it I'm just curious if it's positive or negative? Oh, no,
1: it's positive.
0: Oh, good, good. Yeah, then show yeah, it, it. Even if it's negative, we'll hear it. But I'm just, just want to. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just as, uh, as Steve was saying, how God can take a negative and turn it mm-hmm. positive. Um, we were together before we were married, and mm-hmm. we were both young, and brought it to my pastor, and we talked about it, and it was years ago, so I'm not sure if there was step two and three, but okay. Um, they asked me to not be in the youth group anymore because there was a lot of younger sure. guys there who looked up to uh, looked up to me, and I was asked to uh, just bring it to the church and yep. tell the church about it. And after doing that, um, there was like no further discipline, but mm-hmm. um, just the blessing that came out of that. Mm-hmm. And how you know the Lord softening my heart to pray mm-hmm. for the church and stuff, was just um, so much love from the church and a lot of uh, godly uh, counsel. Mm-hmm years and then now we're married mm-hmm. and, uh, even counseled uh, when I was thinking about joining the Air Force and mm-hmm. now we're here. We have Sophia now and it's just, like, I never thought I'd be here and just, right. just took it in amazing...
0: Right. right. So again, the, as Alex responded with a appropriate a humility and submission to the church's yeah. guidance, there was ability, the church was able to rally around him and around her and be a support and bring them to the point they're now married, they've got kids, they're serving the Lord here at Elmira Baptist Church, and we're glad for that. Yeah. So again, repentance, re- restoration, reconciliation, that's and help, helping folks. That's the goal of all of this. It's not you're a bad person, you're out, right? It's hey, we need to help you. It's when they say, I don't want help, I'm going to keep doing this evil thing, and you can't tell me otherwise. And after repeated appeals, at least three, They say, no, then we have to say, well, we can't let this persist in our church. All right. um, If you have some questions or comments and you want to bring them to me privately, you're welcome to do that. If you want to bring them to me publicly, bring them next Wednesday. We'll pick up here and then we'll say some more about uh, doctrine. We didn't get to that word yet, but but, uh, we, we will get there.